Hey guys. Welcome to another episode of Build Different, but this one's a bit different. Yeah, so we're basically just hopping on to say hi. Welcome mm-hmm. to the episode. Mm-hmm. And soon we're going to segue off into what was our live show last week. Or not even last week, it was a couple of weeks ago at this yeah. stage. Mm-hmm. But yes. Beautiful, sexy. And um, we would like to say thank you to Tony and Dean for inviting us to be part of the Ballymun Wellfest. Yeah, we had a great time. Like we had a little slot on stage and like we obviously tried to stay within the theme of, you know, mental health well-being so in this episode you're just gonna hear our live reactions and honestly like it was obviously a bit of a unique experience for us like we've done one live show before but it's always different to being in the studio so we really hope you enjoy the episode you know we try to be open and honest and vulnerable and all the things that we that we do best and yeah hopefully you enjoy get into it get into it yeah round of applause thank you very much Hello. How is everybody? Okay, we don't actually expect you to answer. There will be yes. no audience participation needed. Honestly, should we just do it as a regular show? Yeah, like what you usually do. So for people who don't know or seeing us for the first time, my name is Joella. I'm Deborah. I'm Vanita. Like three of us came together and we started a podcast called Builds Different, where we just sit down and chat a lot of shit, if you ask me personally. It's just kind of what we do at this point. So yeah. when Tony asked us to come and talk shit here, it was like, okay, no big deal. It's what we do. Every day. Every, Every day. single day. So today the topic, ladies, is mental health and mental well-being. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our old friend, mental health. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about our mental health and well-being. I'm sure you guys guessed that. (laughs) So, honestly, I feel like we approach this topic very oddly. We Sometimes I I just ask my friends, like, how's your mental being this week? How have you been mentally? So I'm going to ask you ladies, how, how have you been? I'm struggling. I'm going through it. It has not been a fun week. But I think that's okay. Like, what's been going on? Work. nine to five i don't know how people have a nine to five and still have happy healthy lives i don't i don't believe in the concept of work and life balance it is it's it's a myth i feel like it's something that companies say like oh come work for us like how can you have a work work and life balance if there's a gym there's um sleeping rooms at your company they give you free food they're basically making where you work your house so they want you to work a bit longer. And I was having this conversation with a friend. I was like, they're lying to us. It's a scam. The whole system is a scam. You literally spend 12 hours of your day slaving away for someone else's profits. And then they wonder why you're struggling. Like, I feel like it's just not living. I can agree with you. Like, in f- I don't believe in working in general. Like, I just believe <laughs> that I was put on this earth to vibe. To vibe, go on holidays, go to the club. You know, once in a while, that's just my lifestyle. That's like my religion. That's what I believe in. one thing about Benita, she'll quit a job. I will quit a job in two minutes. Like the last job, I quit after a day. But that's because I personally, it just didn't really fit into my lifestyle. I wouldn't advise people to do that. I would advise you take work seriously. But I decided to quit because it just wasn't for me. But at the same time, if it's a part-time job, never take that too serious because they could replace you and that's perfectly fine. You could replace the job also. I always ask myself, like, if I died tomorrow, would this place stop running? No. No. Like, 
I don't need to be there. Like, but like, I feel like the, especially where we're working now, we are corporate slaves. (laughs) We wouldn't, uh, let me know. But at the same time, it gives you like, an idea of what life would be, especially after college, because none of us know what's going to happen or what we're going to do and if we want to really do that. A part of me is just like, you know what? People do this for 30 plus years. Let me frame it and continue. But at the same time, I'm like, how do you do this for 30 plus years? Yeah. Wake up, go to work, clock out at 9 p.m. for you to be back here at, at 9 a.m.? Mm. That shit is crazy. And the fact that some of them have kids... If I had to go home from work every single day and look at a six-year-old, I feel like that would <laughs> like, just be—that would be the <laughs> thing to set me over the edge. Yeah, like, that would be like that would be like my. Three. But I feel like it's not even just work itself; it's just like the conditions of the world. Like, if I'm on the bus to work, I'm seeing people like heading to the shops. Like, it's eight thirty; everyone's active, everyone's hustling. But then at the same time, I'm seeing people like lying in doorways on cardboard boxes in five-degree weather. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like this is not a normal way to live like to just pretend like everything is fine and like capitalism isn't slowly killing us all i completely agree to you i don't even think a nine-to-five really exists it's really a seven to seven if you think about it it's a seven to seven and it's really a lot more there's a lot of pressure that i feel like from my many jobs that i feel is that like with a lot of employers they're expecting you to go above and beyond for very like the wage is just not it doesn't reflect that. Can't break my back for minimum no, wage. No, I can't. Ever. Like I, I had one employee recently, like just asking so much of her staff, and it's like at the end of the day, we don't really, you don't treat us well. We don't really profit from this. And I'm not saying that to go into work and have an idea like I need to get all this money. But at the end of the day, like staff motivation. I'm a business student, so like I study HR, so like job satisfactions, you know, and like motivating your staff is something that actually matters. And since really being an employee for many places, I'm actually realizing like, wow, this is so, so important. Yeah. Um, Benita, you always come with the gems sometimes. Yeah. Well, she like, said she's going to give you the inside knowledge as a business student, period. Yeah. I study entrepreneurship in many. Okay. Just Benita. letting everyone know. Benita, how's your, how's your week have been like? Okay, my week has been not great i did quit another job this week <laughs> so so i don't this is like what num- number seven in the last hello and it was after a day and i just but like i get really really nervous you see when i had in my notice it's like i get really nervous but it's also really exciting like i want to shout out to my friend dara because every single time i like like i'm about to like quit a job i'm just like dara should i quit and she was just like you know do what your heart says to you. You already know the decision. And I just encourage everybody else, put your mental health first. Because there's this really great quote that I saw on TikTok the other day. And it was basically like, you know, if you were to die today, you know, people will mourn you, but your life is, their lives are going to go on. So like, you should do what you want to do. That's kind of reckless advice, but at the same time, Excuse my language, fuck it. Like, you have to do what you know. You know what I mean, you have yeah, to do what's yeah, best yeah. for yourself. I like that we got dark with it. Like, immediately we started talking about what we would do if we all died. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if that's an indication of anything, then there you go. Yeah, that says I'm meant to help there. I think another thing for me is that Christmas is coming up and everyone loves Christmas. Yeah. And now it's like my time of the year to just feel like this annual Grinch. But I just can't help that I hate Christmas. Why do you hate Christmas, Christmas? Grinch? I don't Bro. know. Something about it just doesn't sit right with my spirit. 
like what though? Like the whole consumerism of like, oh, this is the time of year where you show love to people by spending money on gifts. Da, 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 like, da. What if your love language is gift giving. My love, my love language is gift giving, but something about Christmas itself, mm-hmm. I just feel like it just really kind of like exempt it like it shows and highlights all the haves and haves not of society like i feel like it's the time where everyone's supposed to be so happy and so cheerful and if you're not in that headspace i feel like it just drives the wedge even further apart do you get what i'm saying i feel like christmas is over dramatized especially here in the west because in south africa Mm. you just go to church wear your nice clothes come back eat Mm. drink like that's the end of it whereas like here it's like i'm already being subjected to christmas music on repeat and it's the middle of november like can we just chill for a sec but i don't know if that's just because my brain is so rotted from working in retail that like if i hear christmas music i have like a trauma response where i'm like whoa like turn that shit off like i just can't hack it especially that Mariah Carey song I'm so sorry all I want for Christmas no actually I think that's a bit too far okay yeah like the queen of Christmas the queen of Christmas why can we not get like new Christmas music every time it's because she's still making royalties from the shit from the 90s she made bank though yeah so like hence why she doesn't feel the need to bring out anything new no I can I can talk shit about Christmas all day but not about Mariah Carey that's too far no okay fine but it's just the Christmas songs I just have it on repeat and I'm like bruh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Something new, something fresh for something the kids. Something fresh. That's the thing. It's not fresh. It's the same thing every year. It's just played out. I feel like we need to abolish Christmas. Uh, don't no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, too, far, okay. too far. Too Deborah, far. You're taking too, a little too far. Too far. Too far. Imagine all the like sad kids who would be like listening to the watching the toy show, hearing that shit. Like, I think again, maybe it just has to do with like our upbringing, like mm. the toy show this Santa Claus. Santa Claus does not exist in Nigeria, bro. Like, no. where was I ever gonna be excited about that? Like, I can't. I always relate it back to when I moved to Ireland. I was like, "What is the Christmas show?" I was like, "Kids playing with toys on TV." Mm-hmm. And like, the thing is, like, about this? now it's too late to get into it. Like, I want to have that same magic, and I just oh, can't. Yes, yeah, the like same thing with me. Like, my parents didn't even. The first thing we try. did was just get up here and start complaining. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> honestly. My mm-hmm. parents didn't even try. Like you, m- I remember, like in primary school, lots of kids were like, "Oh, I left Santa like carrots," or like, "I left Santa like." R- Rudolph the red nose reindeer yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and like I left, left him, like, Santa a reindeer no like cause you know how you're supposed to leave Santa you leave carrots snacks. for the reindeer and cookies and milk for, for Santa okay. yeah like my parents never even like bothered to even try so like I kind of knew Santa didn't exist when I was like six if and there's I'm, anyone in this room who does not know that Santa is not real we are so sorry yeah you're finding <laughs> out today I was that kid who had to like pretend that I believed in Santa because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to ruin it for everyone else. Oh no. So obviously I knew, oh, you were a menace? Oh, uh, that's just so Joella. I was like, this, this is not real. You I were got, that person? I got in so much trouble. You ruined yeah. Santa. <laughs> you ruined Santa for people? Yeah, I was just like, Joella, that's bad. Why, yeah. why can everyone, I was like, no. And you called me a hater. Uh, like yolo i've God. been like this since i was like five but like yeah just trying to like keep up that facade of like oh yeah what did you get like knowing damn well i got a smile and a pat on the back <laughs> like for christmas this is so sad now we're talking about why we hate christmas yeah and, and it all leads back to childhood drama yeah let's not even get into that i think we'll get too personal but that's one thing we like to do we like to get personal i love how you just look at me deborah <laughs> i know because one thing about Benita, she's gonna expose herself every single time oh my god do you know what happened last week so um i was at work and they, they gave me a task and it was i had to do it really urgently so I felt like I didn't do the best I could, but I had to hand it in. So of I was course. Like, 
here's the thingy, whatever. And the person, like a lot, of, a lot of shit transpired. It was like small things. And then I started like breathing heavy. Oof. Yeah. Like my heart is beating. I felt, I felt like I was dying. Shaking. So I'm sitting Oh, I remember desk. this actually because Joella was blowing up my phone. She sent me like 10 text messages in the space of 30 seconds. And I was like, yo. I had to turn my screen around because you were stressing me out. I was texting Deborah, Deborah, I, f- I can't breathe. I can't do this. I can't do this. And she was like, girl, you're having a panic attack. I was like, yeah, no way. I had to be the one to burst face. the bubble. I was like, girl, step outside, take a deep breath. It may feel like you're going to die. You're not. You'll be okay. Then, like, and then after that, I, after you said that, it dawned on me. And then I panicked more. So Oof. I was just sitting at the desk like this, like a manic person. Maybe it would have been better to say nothing at all in terms of your... What? Like the fact that you realized you were having a panic attack made you more panicked. Like for me, I feel like that would kind of mm. bring me down to earth again. But I know everyone's brain chemistry. Da, I, da. I, never, I don't really like I never knew how it felt or what it was like. Mm. And then like lucky you. <laughs> Oh, yeah no. welcome to the club and then everyone else around me kept on asking are you okay you know that Oof, I, just me if i'm not okay and someone asks me if i'm okay that's gonna be the thing to set me over yeah. the edge like yeah. i will the worst thing i will immediately start crying or it's like do you know what i hate when like someone can see that there's tears in your eyes I'm like, Gosh, are you crying like oh, shut up like, like no these are this is just water from my eyeballs for no reason yeah. like I started panicking and then I, everyone around me, oh my God, Joella, are you okay? What's going on? I'm like, you could clearly see that I'm on the verge of doing something crazy. So I go into the bathroom and mm. I'm just sitting in the stall trying not to cry because obviously I'm wearing makeup. So I'm just doing this. Oh <laughs> like Rocking back and like, forth, fetal position. Like a crazy person. And it just made me think on how like I deal with mental health and what I think it is. I won't even lie. At first, when I was about like in third year, my friends would talk like, oh my God, I had anxiety. I have anxiety. I have this. I'm always depressed, quote unquote. I don't know if they are. But yeah. Like, you know, the vibes. Mm-hmm. And I'll just look at them. I'm like, guys, you literally have everything in the world. You have everything in the world and you're claiming to be this upset and stuff like that. That's the African in you. That's that. It jumped. It it, and I feel like it's kind of similar to the Irish experience as well, where it's like, man up like just yeah. toughen up do better be better duh, duh, yeah. duh. like what do you mean you have you're having a bad mental health day like unless they can see that physical pain it does not exist honestly and then it's a thing where it le- leads me back in how mental health is dealt with especially at home and how let's say my mom would deal with it or my cousins and stuff like that like the the ceos of like just firm it you'll be fine mm. and then it's weird when you see them reach like a breaking point where they can't articulate the feelings and the emotions that they're going through and i'm like oh no this is just you might be anxious you mm. might be depressed and they brush it off like that's white people stuff like yeah what do you mean that's for white people i'm like no girl but like that kind of attitude is literally killing people it like, is killing because people. it's like Everyone. if it's white people so for also having white people consequences because where I'm coming from, coming from Zimbabwe, where we have like one of the highest suicide rates among young men, it's like because from a young age, people are told like, you know, like when like people are just suffering, like for like a meal, like they're like just trying to survive, like their mental health is not really prioritized. So like the first thing is like you wouldn't be thinking about anxiety when you're trying to like put food on the plate. And yeah, that, that's just reminding me of this. So that's what I was always told up 
told, like especially when I was first diagnosed with depression at 11 years old, it was a big shock to my family because it's like, you know, you're coming from a very privileged background. You have everything. Like, what do you have to be depressed about? But that's the thing. Like, people don't realize that, like, mental health issues turn into, like, real-life physical consequences. Like, I saw this case of this girl and it's honestly so so heartbreaking it happened in the uk like a couple of days ago oh i she, saw that. did you see what i'm talking oh about oh my goodness she, wow. i think she was 27 she had a three-year-old and she was behind on her rent and her bills and she took her little girl and they walked in front of a train yeah together they yeah. walked in front of a train yeah they like it's like the mind boggles like to think that she was in a place that was so dark because of finances mm. because of a situation that's literally created by our government where yeah. day-to-day people cannot afford to survive mm. and like her and that little girl now are gone and like the consequences of that is like the conversations that people are having is low-key scary like i've seen so many comments of people being like oh like like how could she do that yeah. like look like you know that little girl was innocent that little girl deserved better and yeah it's true the girl was innocent but so was the mom like people are blaming the mom for taking that like last and final step and like i understand the empathy for the child and like oh like oh there's so Mm -hmm. many options like she could have done this she should have reached out to this organization this that and the other but like when you're in the situation yeah your mind is boggled with so many other factors like imagine how truly at her wit's end she was to take such a drastic action and then people still have like the audacity to like make it seem as if she just did that for shits and giggles like what i think it's shame as well one thing that i've noticed within the black community is that we love to shame people like people are shamed in terms of not having material things we have a very competitive attitude towards one another like we see each other's competition and i feel like in relation to that she was a black woman she was yeah mm-hmm. i can not to like say that i understand where she but i can emphasize with her it's like you know you're behind rated behind like rent i feel like within our community we don't have like there's a lot of shame to ask for things and there's a lot of shame to be struggling i don't think we have open communication to help one another within the black community and when you look at the death rate especially for black men internationally like suicide is number one cause of death which is such a shame if we had a more open dialogue i think that could be a solution to it I feel like, especially with the black community and mental health, it's these are the two solutions. Either you just continue with life because life goes on or you pray about it. Yeah. And that is just terrible. And like the belief, especially with our parents, especially being like first generational, like African kids moving into a Western world and being exposed to so many um words and ways to handle your emotions how to speak to people setting boundaries it's kind of hard bringing all that western westernized quote-unquote attitude to an african home where i'm the person of this house i pay the bills you listen to what i'm saying you don't know what you're talking about and it leads to a place where like parents just don't listen to their kids like remember when we were walking this is a random example I know exactly what you're talking about. We were walking down the street. It was me, Hannah, and me. Deborah. Yeah. And we were, we were accosted. And then we accosted. Were, <laughs> we were stopped by this lady. Um, this lady is an African woman claiming to be the queen. Honestly, the whole interaction, like we were very crazy. nice and very respectful, yeah. but it was odd. She came up to us. She told us she was queen of some tribe. 
<laughs> and we were like, okay, per, okay. Yeah, like queen. we were gassing her off. We were like, we were oh, period, yeah. And then she got onto talking about how the youth, like every, I feel like with Afri- like the older generation, especially African parents, are like young people, they don't listen, they don't do this. She was like, oh, you guys don't know your culture, you don't know your history, history. And I was like, lady, you'd be so surprised on how much we do know, but it's the fact that you don't even want to listen to anything we're about to say. Like, I would ask her questions on what she's actually talking about, but the way she answered, she answered like a politician, mm. which just pissed me off. Yeah, like the whole purpose of the conversation for her was she was trying to promote her business, which you know. I understand. I Respect like, the hustle. She was like, oh, do you guys like this type of food? Like, I just opened this restaurant. <laughs> da, da, da. And then within five minutes, she was like, oh, young people these days, they don't know shit. Da, da, da. And it's like, we're standing in front of you right now as young people who do know shit. So what do you mean? Like, And like, I was trying to talk to her. She was saying that, oh, the young people are dying. The young people don't know how to do this. And she's going to one conference with all these huge African leaders and stuff like that. And she was like, we want young people to be part of it. I was like, the whole time she was just name dropping she was like i met this famous person and this famous you, person we do not know any of these famous people i was like girl these are from the 70s she we're was born in 2000 she was and like one thing about me i'm not taking any life advice from an african politician that is like the last thing i would yeah do. Like, like girl look at your own situation, situation before you come for us <laughs> check like, yourself it was just a bit anyway she was just talking and i was just like okay lady i get what you're saying but like there's so many like contemporary like issues about africa that could solve a lot of what you're talking about and the fact that young people don't know their history it it's quite irrelevant at this moment of time like unemployment rates are high leading to crime rates like there inflation inflation there's highly educated young people but you guys don't even want to address these issues i was like okay if you're going to this conference are you going to talk to are you going to speak on any of these things she's like no but you know you know nelson Mad- i was like yo 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 you know yeah like to stay me. on topic like we never stay on topic but if you're gonna come to us in the street <laughs> exactly. then you at least owe us staying and on topic it just reminded me of like when i was let's say i was like 16 or whatever i was me and my mom were going through a rough patch because mm. she wasn't listening to me i'm she'll be like do this i'm like oh i can't do it or whatever to be honest sometimes i'm bad i'm like yo well i'll do it whenever yeah but i remember going to her i was just like mom I'm frustrated with you because you're not listening Listen. to what I'm saying. You're listening to fight with me. And I don't want to fight. Yeah. I'm here at home to sleep, enjoy life. Mm. Like, I'm, you know, stuff, life stuff. Because if you're literally at school or work every other time of the day, like, th- your home is supposed to be that one safe space. Exactly. So I was just like, listen to me to understand. Don't listen to me to mm. fight me. And I feel like it clicked in her head. Honestly, sometimes like you just need to actually meet these people where they are. Like people always like, oh, how do you get your parents to be chill? Because I'm lucky. My parents are chill. Yeah. I've literally just had to traumatize them the way they've traumatized me. Like, you gotta you, take that freedom. If you, if you, if you, you gotta take me. your freedom to freedom. Get ass. Like, fuck with me and I'll fuck with you worse. Like, I'm, <laughs> what are you trying to do? But it was a thing, like, and that's weird. And I love how our relationship changed from the basis of she's just like i'll be like mom i really want to do like i was like mom i'm starting a podcast like this is gonna happen this is gonna happen she's like yeah mm-hmm, big purr i was like yeah she even says purr now oh wow <laughs> like, look how far we can get and i feel like that needs to be said to most african parents even though it's quite difficult mm. to actually tell them like you're actually wrong and for them to internalize them and like turn around and have an introspective view of themselves and see how their behaviors are like traumatizing their kids. Mm. It's, it, I know it's, it's a 
hard pill to swallow but a lot of parents really need to do that especially within the african community mm. and our kids because we're seeing like a huge distance between their like parents and children and i wish that people were more close to their parents especially like even us for example like we all have our parental issues and stuff like that yeah i can pretty agree i feel like it's more of like they're listening to respond not listening to understand as you said i often do feel the same with my dad it's like sometimes i feel like a lot of african parents see their children as an extension of themselves oh my it's literally like a chance to yes. make their failed dreams happen and yeah. it's like i am my entire whole person without your input like i'm i don't exist just to fulfill your failed but, dream but that's their expectation with kids even when you start working oh how much you gonna give me this month oh God. No, i think it goes as well like as i was saying with african parents seeing like their child is extension like goes back to the whole shame and pride like mm. i don't know if you're ever told growing up oh please you're gonna embarrass us don't put shame on me but it's like these are my actions i take full responsibility for what i'm going to do um, and that's not like, oh, I'm going to start acting crazy because yeah. I don't think I, my actions have consequences. Like, obviously, my actions have consequences. But this is literally the time of our lives for messing up, figuring out, like, yeah. finding who we are. Like, there's not some, like, perfect little path that we're all supposed to be on. Like, oh, you you get the job, then you get the husband, and then you get the house, and then you have the kids. And it just feels like sometimes that's the only path in life you can take. And if you take any alternative path, it's like... Are you quirky? Yeah. They'll be like, you possessed. Yeah. yeah. Like, we will... Church. Honestly, though, that's another thing. Like, mm. I feel like the fact that you just said possessed Best. made Ooh. me think of, like... Yeah, like, I don't know. Because it's all so generational. Like, my mom tells me this story. And I feel kind of bad even saying this, but I feel like she wouldn't mind because my mom's like me. Like, she'll just talk her shit. But she basically, when she was, like, a kid... Like, I think my age, like, a teenager, like, 18, 19, 20 had a bit of a mental health episode or whatever i guess you could call it like a depressive episode whatever you want to call it and like what her parents knew best to do was to bring her to church mm -hmm. so they brought her to church right and she said she slept there for seven days and seven nights on the floor and every single day they would like beat her like i'm sorry i didn't mean to make it dark but they would like beat her with like they had this um she said it was like a plant so like a like a big Oh, like a, like something that you like, like a yeah. yeah like a branch and they would like try and beat the mental illness no, out of her and then sometimes when i look at how she parents i'm like i get it because if that's what you're working with then how the fuck are you supposed to know better do you know what i mean so like i feel like that's what makes me give my parents my mom especially a lot of grace because i'm like she like she tells me these stories and i'm like okay i'm hearing these stories that's still only probably 10 percent of what actually happened because you know as time goes mm -hmm. on like traumatic things they kind of get dulled down or you don't fully remember them as they were like i remember my mom had to give birth to my brother um in like n not in a hospital guys i can't speak not in a hospital and she remember how like traumatic that so where did she give birth to him to was it like a traditional like birth like, i don't know like a hut or something a hut joella why would you say <laughs> no, that but you're gonna make everyone think that africa is hot no, it's not hot <laughs> it's not hot now but like where my mom's from yeah it's very rural the village yeah, yeah the village yeah she, she she lived in the village mm. I, was, I was born a city girl okay anyways, she was 
she was just talking and how the ladies were so rough for her like mm. and like giving birth is such an experience at one point this girl this woman told me that she died and resurrected i was like girl you're not no <laughs> like who do you think you are but maybe she did though did her heart stop no i don't know <laughs> like was she being for real or is she like she said she saw death apparently wow i I believe in seeing. I believe that. it. Like I think I there's like a, in there's that. an in between. Like yeah. and childbirth is like one of the most mm. crazy, scary things you can do as a woman. True. So if that actually happened to her, like prayers for your mama. Like oh, no, she's she's eleven kids. Yeah, no, like she's <laughs> she's here. good. I'm but here. that just must have been intense. Like, but also like back to the thing you were saying about giving grace to African parents, even though they traumatize us so much, we just have to actually appreciate them. Because think yeah. about how much grace we give ourselves. Like I don't yeah. know about you, but if I'm having a, a hard like even. Even what I define a hard day, like my hard day is probably like, oh, I was supposed to finish work at 5.30 and I left at 5.45 and I'll be like, wow, I want to kill myself. Like, this is so bad. And then I'll go home and I'll be like, you know what? I deserve a takeaway. I deserve online shopping. I deserve to do this face mask. Like the same softness that we treat ourselves with. I feel like we need to have that same attitude towards other people's mental health. And that's why I get so upset when I see like, when I hear stories about like, say that woman and her child and like people just treat the situation with zero grace whatsoever. Like it's messed up. I think that what I've noticed as well is that there's a lack of regard for death within the African community. Like when I look at my own personal story, when I was 11, my mom passed away. So I remember, I think it was like two to three years afterwards, I think I was very triggered because I had to go to another funeral and my aunt was like, you know, you should be over this, you know, like every child. As a child. And do you know what? I feel like because of when I link it back in Zimbabwe, you know, South Africa, we have a huge HIV and AIDS pandemic, you know, we had a really... I feel like pandemic is such a bad word now. We don't say that word. I think that's the correct word. So that a lot of children lost parents. So it's almost like, you know, I talk about my grief sometimes and it's like, I, you know, I see some cousins or like some family friends and they're just like, you know, well, I don't have a mom. I don't have a dad. And I feel like that kind of like discourages people to actually actively grieve. You know, I'm 22 now and I have been grieving for 11 years and I'm thankful I do give grace to my dad because he's allowed me to grieve. We've grieved together with my sister. So I do grieve. He's still a little bit on the crazy side, but I do definitely give him the grace for allowing me to grieve properly. Yeah. Oh, Panita. That's so cute. Yeah, no, that's... Happy that you're, like... And honestly, fuck whoever was telling you that, oh, at 12, 13, you should be over it. Like, that's just crazy talk to me. Do you know what? Like, grief is something that you carry with you forever. Like, that's a lifelong process. Like, it's not like it just goes away. Do you know, I just think, as I was saying before, that's just the culture. You know, when you have bigger problems, bigger issues, it's like, you know, you don't have time to think about it. You don't have time to process your mental health. It's the last thing, you know, on your mind. Like... A couple of years ago, I was talking to my friend, um, Fumi. She's Asian, right? And Mm -hmm. we were talking about mental health and like how mental health is viewed within like people of color, like color communities and stuff like that. And she was saying that the whole reason why we cannot process anything like our emotions, because we have this thing where the world is built against us. So we're constantly fighting something. We have to be constantly in fight mode where we can't step back process be normal again give us time and grace for it to keep on going especially with me and my mental health 
I'm like, okay, this happened. I don't think I've ever had a serious conversation with you about your mental health. Like, yeah. You would just be sitting there and be like, oh, how are you doing this week? Not good, huh? Like, it's not funny, but it's funny. Like, <laughs> we'd be like, oh, I cried in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, Love. like, that was funny. But the thing is, like, I feel like if I do talk about it, um, oh, sorry, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> if I do talk about it, it very much, um, it, it makes it real. Mm-hmm. And I don't... It, I always say, I just don't have time. I don't mm. really have time nor the energy to process it, especially the, the week around my birthday. Oof. Was Oof. Tough. I feel like birthday depression is something so we do real. not talk like, about. I feel like just that like marker of like, damn, I'm really another year older. Like, but I, at the same time, we're not even close to the finish line yet. Like, I feel like if I was 80, I'd be like, okay, shit, at least I'm nearly done. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. I still have so much more to give and I'm already tired. Like, this life is tiring, man. I'm just trying to live. I don't know I if can. I can really relate to the birthday depression. Cause really? I, like, yeah. I'll be real. Like, I've been planning my birthday since March. I've celebrated my birthday. This could be my second time celebrating my birthday. <laughs> so, you I don't know if I can relate. But anyway, I, like, during that week, as, like, that week or the week before, I was very much going through it where I just cried. You know when you just cry? And you're not and even a crier yeah. like that. No, like, yeah. it was, I like, feel like if I started crying in front of Joella, she'd be like, yeah. what are you doing? I like, didn't. I'll probably give you a hug. <laughs> no, Joella, I feel like Joella's the type to just be like, Oh, okay. It's okay. No. <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you see? Um, it's a the same way you treat your... No, no. I was going to say the same way you treat yourself is how you treat your friends. But I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Because no. I think you're a lot harsher on yourself. On yourself. Yeah. I agree And you're definitely that. a lot softer towards other people. So I was just I was just crying a lot. And I remember opening my laptop and talking to myself like... Oh, I love taking pictures when I'm crying. Like Me too. That front camera Snapchat and like that crying look as well like your lips get kind of big your eyes are all I feel really beautiful when I cry like I'm just like I look like a mess but I look really hot yeah I think I'm gonna take a photo of this and then you get the flashback in two years time it's like oh you're like wow I remember this time last year I was going through it the other day I got a a snapchat memory from four years ago and I was crying because I left I like lost my headphones and I was like I'm so sad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a little girl but anyway oh you know you know how i feel about snapchat memories snapchat oh. memories are just constantly beating my ass all the time Anyways, so i was crying and then after my two week long hiatus where i just cried alone and just got a chance to process it you didn't cry alone every time i was there some of the time yeah, <laughs> you were there and i was like i'm so sad <laughs> anyway but um afterwards i it dawned on me. I was like, I really need to go to therapy to find a way to go to therapy. To Literally like go to therapy. My emotions. It's honestly the best thing you'll ever do. Like, I feel like the, every single conversation we have, it's if you've ever listened to an episode of our, of our <laughs> podcast, all we talk about is therapy and just how amazing it is. Da, da, da. But you, I've actually been doing some like deep thinking recently. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like I actually, this is going to sound so crazy, but I feel like I low key started to like, have feelings for my therapist. I feel like I love to start to fall in love with her. Professional integrity. No, I know, but she was just so nice to me. Like, I understand. Of course, at the end of the session, I'm literally paying her. So, of course, she's going to be nice to me. But, like, you know when someone just makes you feel so seen and validated? And, like, obviously, at the time, I was in a relationship. So, I couldn't really confront those feelings of, am I in love with my therapist? And I don't think I was in love with her. 
But I thought about her uh, to this day. I haven't to seen this her. Day. I haven't seen her in two years, and I'm still like, oh my therapist, she was so beautiful. Like, Ugh. Yeah, bro, that's so goofy. And if I ever I went back though. to therapy, I would genuinely seek her out to go back to her. Like, I went to therapy with another therapist. I went to one session. I was like, I don't like her. She's not the same. She's not Sinead. She's not. She's mine. not Sinead. God. I, just, I had to. I didn't. I never went back. I completely agree with you. Like, I had. I've had many therapists. But I did have this the same way you've had many jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Please, they say. But you know what? Like, Blow had, the belt. Bang out of order. <laughs> it's not even true. I haven't had that many jobs. No, I had one therapist who I was very, very close with. Like, I was attending, like, intense therapy. So I was seeing her two to three times a week. And I just think our relationship just got very inappropriate. Like, sometimes she, like... <laughs> How inappropriate? Because I didn't say mine was inappropriate. I just said sometimes, I had like, you know, she, we'd go out for coffee. Like, I think I we even went out for ice cream. But it's, like, out of office hours. Like, she really became, like, a mother figure. Oh. And I literally... No, but it's not good because, like, when I... Like, I was in boarding school. So when I had to come back to Dublin, it was just... Like, I literally felt like I had, like, attachment issues. And I feel like there needs to be a bit of a boundary with mm. therapists, you know? I guess moral of the story is if you do go to therapy, please try not to catch feelings. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, I really want to go, but I remember it like takes me back on how emotionally, like, no, how physically draining it oh, is. Oh, yeah. that's the thing. I like, can't. for the longest time, if you keep your emotions in check in a certain way, it's all going to come out and it's yeah. not going to be pretty. Like, it's going to be ugly. Oh, like, God. you're going to have to go through the motions of like, wow, I forgot that even happened to me. Because I feel like I've, I even want to do those types of therapy that are like, you know, the intense ones where they help yeah. you like remember things that you've forgotten. Like hypnosis. Like, like electroshock. Electric? No, I'm kidding. I, no, no, no. That's the one where they actually like <laughs> like electric. Okay, okay, okay. Not that one. I don't want to be electrocuted, but I just I want to like really get in touch with my inner child. Like I always talk no, about this, yeah, but it's just no. it's my inner child. No. Like I just think of that little girl not feeling safe, and I want her to be safe. She's fine now. She's but... not. She still affects me every day. <laughs> like, but like when I. Honestly, generally, I do not remember half of my childhood. People look at me. That's the thing. It's blocked out. I genuinely genuinely believe you just blocked it out. Yeah. Because I remember when I was 16, I literally had a mental breakdown. Mm. I remember I like was in the bathroom. I think it was like 50 and I was literally crying so much because it's like, I remember. Fifth year is a demonic year. School. Let's talk about it. I almost, yeah. Fifth year was the year of, yeah. No, I'm, I won't lie. Fifth year wasn't bad for me, but like for everyone, fine. I heard. <laughs> like, like, why did like she set it up? It's like, oh, we all go through, and then she's like, oh, I was fine. Well, you're not fine now, so it catches off. It catches off. It catches off. But then the pandemic came, and then I was like, well, yeah. Oh, the pandemic was the best time for my mental health, and I think wow. that's what made me realize me too. that. I maybe really i'm just not cut out for life in the same way that normal people, people are. are because why am i at peace when i literally just don't have to even be a functioning human <laughs> like i would i would go to sleep at 6 a.m every single night wake up at 12 rinse and repeat and spend my days on tiktok like, like that's not a way to live me during the first lockdown doing push-ups for a while <laughs> push-ups planks i would call my friend like did you do your jumping jacks today that's better than what i was doing like i was a slug it was honestly it was rough i was like let me go for my 5k run <laughs> i can't run for shit like what the hell at least you tried I tried. Yeah. No, it was yeah. the first lockdown and then college hit. Yeah. I was like, this ain't it. This cannot be. No, feel. college was an experience and a half. Like, we're not even done with that I shit. I think yet, the Irish college experience is really no, over exaggerated. It just isn't great. Like, how much college affects your mental health? Because I feel like in secondary school, you hear, like, these are going to be the best days of. They sold me a dream. It's I a dream. Ready. Yeah. It's I was a dream. ready to be that girl. Like, yeah, my name is Joella. Hey, guys. 
and then I get to college, it was the like I've never been mentally down yeah, bad before. like that in my life. I ever. have. Yeah. Yeah. You're not special. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to end on that note, but I'm just like, oh, you know what? This is a conversation we've had once. We'll have it again. And it is what it is. At the end of the day, take care of yourself. Look after your mental health. Have these conversations with your friends. Like, yes. have these with your parents too. Find a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. And. Oh, we have to finish with Benita's words of wisdom. So one thing that I like to do is always leave you guys with some words of wi- wisdom. So I just want to tell you guys, if someone ever comes to you with a negative vibe, negative energy, your new response is, I hope you heal. Thank you. <laughs> Period. Period. <laughs> Thank you, guys.